0: Cape Podcast, episode 165. Well, hey, hey, mamas. We are so glad to have you back for another episode of the Lose the Cape Podcast. We talked for a long time, or I should say I talked for a long time because my co-host Nancy was not able to make this particular interview. She was traveling over the Thanksgiving break, but I talked for a very long time with our guest today, Hava. She was recently featured all over the place after she wrote a blog post that went nuts uh, called something along the lines of, sorry, I forgot, I didn't have it in front of me and I forgot the title, but it's basically um, what I want my white friends to know or what I want my white mom friends to know, something along these lines, um... And it spurred a lot of strong reactions. And, you know, this is something that's been on our hearts and minds a lot lately is this whole idea of healing and supporting women of color um, because their challenges are different. And I would ask you to do one thing for me today. I know lots of our audience is going to listen to this with a super open mind, but I know there are some people that still struggle with this whole idea of, um, of, uh, bias and, um, privilege and, and all of these concepts that are being thrown around today. And I know that it's really easy to get defensive and to feel like you're being attacked. And I would just ask one thing as you listen to today's podcast, one, I would ask that you listen to it, especially if this is a topic that gets you a little bit fired up, I would ask you to listen to the things that the two of us say. and But more importantly, I would ask you to listen to it with as much of an open mind as possible. Get put defenses uh, mechanisms aside and just try and listen and hear what's being said without jumping to the but, 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 but um, response that a, that a lot of people have. And I know that a lot of people have it because I used to have the same exact response. So I understand if this is a topic that gets you riled up, especially if you are struggling in life right now and feel like it's unfair that people... um If you feel like people think that your life is easier just because you're white. Um, So that all being said, it's really easy to get tripped up over our words and the things that we say. It's really easy in a conversation like this to say something that can be offensive to someone. So I also ask number three, that you listen with an open heart, not only to hear, but to understand that we're having this conversation to try and... um, do good, not do more harm. So if something is said that personally offends you or upsets you, I would I would like you to message me or send me an email at infolosethecape.com at and please let me know what was said and why it upset you because we are really 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 dedicated to this idea of bringing fourth guests and ideas to help us think bigger and outside of what we are normally exposed to but at the same time it's not never our intent to be harmful or um or make someone feel upset or attacked so That being said, though, please remember to keep to try and listen. We are hearing a different perspective for some of us. For some of us, this is not a different perspective at all. And if you, um, you know, if you don't need to hear this, then that's awesome. We hope that you'll listen to it and share it anyway, because maybe there's someone in your life that does. But all that to say, you know, I don't know, I might be overly sensitive. I totally, uh, well, okay, I am overly sensitive. I get upset very easily, especially if I feel like I've hurt someone. So, um, you know, this was just an opportunity for us to have a good conversation around a really tough subject and talk about things from a mom's perspective, period. Mom women, you know, just our perspective as things that are happening in our world, in our communities that impact and make life a little harder for our children. So all that being said, I may have just given five minutes of, um, you know, disclosure that's not necessary. I don't know. I, I had a wonderful conversation with Hava and I really feel blessed to know her now. So I hope you feel the same after this conversation. But before we get into the interview, I do want to give a very special shout out once again to our sponsors for the Lose the Cape gift guide. If you have not checked out the Lose the Cape gift guide, you really ought to. There's some fun and very different ideas in it this year from um, books to uh, beauty products to um, things to help make your life easier as a mom in terms of like uh, quick lunchbox, healthy lunchbox ideas and I mean all kinds of fun stuff plus just products that we picked out that we enjoy using that make our lives easier. So... Um, Head on over to LoseTheCape.com. You can click on the big banner at the top of the page that says the 2018 gift guide. Or you can go over to the show notes of this podcast episode because I'm sure you're going to want to figure out how to follow Hava all the places where she is. And that will be at LoseTheCape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 165. Also, we are going to have just one, maybe two more episodes this year, and then we're going to take a short break and come back with to you in mid-January. So during that time frame, you can catch up on all the wonderfulness that you have uh, missed out on over the last year if you're new to us. So I hope you will head over to losethecape.com. If you go to the podcast link, you can look at all of our previous episodes. There's been some great ones out there. And actually one of our upcoming episodes is going to be a highlight reel of our favorite episodes. So stay tuned for that. All right. So we're going to get into this episode now. And again, just know that it is, um, recorded with love and with the intention of us just thinking about things from somebody else's perspective period so hope um hope this is useful to you and we look forward to your feedback you can join us on facebook in a closed group for moms who want to talk about stuff like this um, without judgment and we are just under your mom squad if you want to look us up on facebook all right thanks have such a great day and enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. I am your host, Alexa Bigwarf. I do not have my sidekick co-host, Nancy Cavionas, with me today. She is traveling for the Thanksgiving break, but we are... I know she is very bummed to miss this interview because it's something that we've been talking about for a while. We have a special guest today. Uh, Jahava Brown, but she goes by Hava. She's the creator of Only Girl for Boys, a lifestyle mo- motherhood blog that shares tips on parenting, recipes, and travel. She lives in Pennsylvania with her husband of 13 years, and their are three boys, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> She loves to encourage women at all stages of their lives while creating a community to share stories and experiences. So basically the perfect fit for the Lose the Cape community. Mm -hmm. Um, Welcome to the podcast and thank you so very much for being with us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. So um, she really jumped out to me because if you've been following along with the podcast for a while, you know that we've been making a gradual shift to talking about topics of uh, social interest and kind of activism and things that are, I'd say, a little bit more, I don't want to use the word important because I never want to downplay how important it is for moms to have a place to talk about how stressed they are and all of those kinds of things, but I guess I'll say just more socially important. I guess anyway, um, I saw her post pop up on my Facebook feed. She was featured in Scary Mommy, um, and she wrote an article called "Dear it Was Dear White Moms." This is what I want you to know. Is that what the title was? I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah. Um, but it jumped out at me because Nancy and I have been talking about um, about this whole thing a lot lately. About the whole um, the the really intersectionalism of women and how um, how intersectional our issues are. I've been reading um, Keep Marching by the founder of Moms Rising, and she really talks a lot about um, how – when one woman does better we all do better whether it's a woman of color or a woman of uh, asian descent or whatever like our issues are intersectional if if one of us is making more money we're all making more money if one of us is not being mistreated in the workplace we're all not being mistreated in the workplace and like how this whole conversation on that and then this whole conversation um, that's really come about in light with the elections and, and the disappointment and the heartbreak that I've seen expressed by a lot of women of color who don't understand what white women did in the election, <laughs> you know, as one thing, you know. Um, but then, of course, there is the really heartbreaking one, which I did not tell you before we started this interview but I, I lost an infant. So as a grieving mother, like anytime somebody loses a child, like I am in it. And this whole idea of moms, I'm getting teary eyed now, (laughs) this whole, you know, mothers who have lost their children and, um, and some of them for no other reason than being weak. And that's so sad and scary. It is. And yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm going to stop now because I want to talk to you, but I wanted to give that background to people. I also want to give the caveat that we said before we started this, that this can be a very, um, it can be a touchy topic. It can really be a touchy topic. And I understand it from a multiple from multiple facets, but from what I've um, talked with you so far, I can tell that it's not going to be a difficult topic for today. And I'm excited to pick your brain really, because for yeah. me as a white woman, like I want to be aware. Yeah. I want to be yeah. aware and I yeah. want to be part of the the, the the healing, not part of the destruction. I want to be moving forward. Yeah. So, love that. I I would love to hear from you just kind of a response to anything I just said, or I can ask you a specific question if you'd rather, but (laughs) let's start with the easy one of how did that article come about? Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of a longer story. I actually have a pretty decent audience on my blog and I've never written about race really. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about it often with my good friends and I have actually a lot of white friends. Um, and mixed um, all throughout. But I was asked by another um, large blogger who had a whole, um, her entire audience is white middle-aged women. And um, she really wanted to bring light to that subject. So I actually wrote the article probably like five times and deleted it all. Because <laughs> I was like, I just don't think I even want to. And my husband was like, you're crazy. This is an awesome audience. Like this is a big opportunity. But I said no, because, and why I haven't written about it was because I feel like It feels very depressing. And in a lot of ways, it's like, well, I want my block to be more uplifting. So I just felt like I didn't have a positive spin on racism. And I felt like I was just venting. And it was really discouraging. And I was like, there's no positive, like happy ending at the end, you know? So I deleted it quite a few times because I was also scared that I would be the target of racism. Yeah. I would, and I actually like the article got published on so many networks and on today's show and all these other ones that like people told me, don't read the comments. And I made a vow with my husband not to, because I said, this is why I was scared to do it, but I knew it needed to be said. And I knew I needed to explain my perspective, which wasn't, you know, you're at fault, you're at fault, you're at fault. But like, if we just work together and if you know how much power you have on the issue, which is more than the power I have on the issue and raising my boys to live in a more positive world, then like, if we can work together, they really will have a better future. Yeah,
0: I think that's so true. I um, I mean, I, to, just to be completely like clairvoyant or not, that's not the word I'm thinking <laughs> I wish I could be clairvoyant to be completely just like, Like, um, transparent is what I'm looking Like I, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. We have a very diverse community. I would say the majority of the time I am the minority. Um, And yeah. And it's, it's like, so it's a different experience for me when my son loves basketball. He plays basketball. He is usually the only white kid on the team or maybe one of two, you know, so we have, It's kind of fun, actually, because I get to feel like I get to experience it from a different perspective, and um, so I I feel like that's a blessing um, because we have the opportunity to see things differently, but can also be a curse because there is a lot of embedded racism in in this state, in the South in general, and sometimes it's easy to pretend like racism doesn't exist because... We have a larger um, diversity, you know, yeah. but um, when I look around at my inner circle, it is still largely white, yeah. middle-aged, yeah. middle-class women. Yeah. Our whole audience, it falls largely in that category. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I have one dear friend though, who is a black woman and I love her perspective because she, her, their family is so interesting because her husband, have you seen the movie, The Blind Side? Yeah. Yes. So her husband is basically very similar situation. Like he was adopted as a teen by a white family raised in a, and so he has his two families and, um, And so they're like the least racist people you could ever come across. Yeah. But he gets profiled all the time, like going into their neighborhood, going into the family business that they own, going into the store, whenever. So it's been interesting to hear her perspective. Mm -hmm. And after one of the many shootings of one of the teens by a police officer, you know, she really like bore her soul on social media Um, about how even her husband and to hear it coming from a friend, to hear her basically – give a plea that says, please understand, we need people to make a big deal about this. Exactly. And I think that's when my eyes really got opened to the whole idea because it was my friend saying, um, you know, and, 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 but to me, I, I mean, okay. So my next question for you would be, how have your friends in your inner circle reacted to this post? Yeah. So you're talking about it. Yeah. Well,
1: I should say too. my, I, I spoke a little bit about it in the article, but how I grew up is a little bit different too. I've been in all white communities and in all black communities. Um, and my, where I live in Pennsylvania and I used to live in Indiana was in an all white community. Um, and like, it's hard here. There's not a lot, um, there's not a lot of minorities, even though my friends are still pretty diverse. It's still very, like most of even my white friends only have white friends. Do you know what I mean? And I'm still their only black friend. Um, But something I think that's changed the older I've gotten is now I'm part of it is like, I would say in high school and college, a lot of times I was scared to talk about the real issues, but I was like, you're really not understanding me because people tend to at least my observation was my white friends would tend to almost feel like I was attacking them when I'm just talking about a random white person on the knee. So I didn't understand like why they felt attacked. Like you're not racist. I'm just talking about this racist person. Um, so now all of my friends, I would say in my life, we have these conversations like, and it's very freeing. It's just, it's part of me. If you're asking me how I am, I'm not only going to talk about, you know, roses and blueberries. I'm going to be like, you know what? Like stuff on the news is it made me sick today and I'm really struggling you know so I now have that place with a lot of them and and they all were like this is great I'm glad you talked about it but they've heard those conversations with me um in the past and on a normal basis so um, I think that
0: helped a lot too yeah that's that's a really good point. I mean I think conversations are are where it has to it has to happen between people who know and understand each other and I w- we interviewed somebody and I can't remember who it was they were talking about a project that a major company did where they brought in two people from very different backgrounds like one of them would be uh you know a, a black gentleman and one would be a white known racist guy or whatever. They're not allowed to say anything to each other. They have a task that they have to, or they can, they can say stuff to each other, but they, uh, but their goal is to complete this task, like building a bar or building something they had to build, right? Maybe you've heard of this. um, thing. Okay. So at the very end of it, after they've spent this like three or four hours completing this task together, they are asked to discuss five questions together. And one of them is, or one would be like a, a homophobe man and a gay man, and they were partnered up and didn't know it. So they'd be very, they're very poignant questions like, how do you feel about homosexuality? Yeah. And the person would answer it like after they have just learned that this other person is, and all of a sudden their resp- their responses were completely different than how they might've been. And they spoke with like compassion and understanding because they now had a relationship with somebody on the topic. So the only reason I give that long explanation is because like, I like to talk first of all, and (laughs) because it it makes a difference when you're having a conversation with someone that you know uh, or care about at all and hear, Yes. their perspective on something then yeah. if you just hear somebody rambling on that you don't know about or that comes yeah. out. And I shared your article on my uh, Facebook page and one of the responses from a white woman in my community. And, and, you know, I have to say, I also understand, I understand why people respond the way they do. I really do because some people really feel attacked, yeah. um, you know, but, The the comment was something like, I don't understand why it always has to be about race. Why can't it just be that all and I'm like, Because it is about race. Because I think they don't understand, like, I don't want it
1: to be about race either. Like like it's not something that makes us feel good inside. Like you know, some people are like, Why is it keep being talked about? It's like, well, if it's not talked about, the bad things still happen to us. And like, because it really doesn't make an impact if we speak about it. Like that's something we realize. But I mean, the articles that go viral, the, the videos I've even shared with some of my audience, because even my blog audience is actually primarily white. Right. And some of the, and I've gotten amazing questions and some of the stuff that I've shared with them have been the viral videos that a white man has shared his perspective on different things like the flag or just different things that they were like, whoa, I never heard it that way. So right. a lot of times I feel like that they don't realize like how strong that voice is. And in that article, particularly, I did respond to a few people who sent me messages and were like, why didn't you talk about all moms? Why did you say white moms or different things like that? And I said, because I had to talk about my personal experience. That's why I wrote about it. So my personal experience is that I see there's a lot of power in white moms and them standing up for something or saying something. And I think that's how change can really come about more faster and efficiently. So that was just my personal experience. Wasn't you know, yeah. I even had like a Spanish person message me and say, Why didn't you talk about like I deal with racism? and yeah. I was like, Well, I'm not Spanish, so you
0: right. know, <laughs> that you doesn't know, make
1: sense for, to for you <laughs> with a lot of different things, you know what I mean? It's just not my experience. I want to learn your experience still, you know, I'm even open to that. I want to know different races and their experiences and what they're dealing with and struggling with, but that's not my experience, so I could only talk about my personal
0: <laughs> experience. Right. Um, I saw an interesting image. I think it was on Instagram that somebody shared with me the other day. And it was the same topic of like, um, it says, um, uh, I don't remember the three, they used three different categories of people. And they were like, hey, person with, let's just say, you know, hey, gay person. It's not that it's not hard being That's probably the wrong word. I'm sorry. You were probably supposed to use a different word. And this is, I would say, I'm going to interrupt myself here to say, this is also another challenge is because I think a lot of people want to have conversations and they're afraid to have a conversation because we get attacked on terms. And trust me, I don't want to use offensive terms. I want to use the term that is accepted by the community. But I also want to be able to have a conversation about these topics. And if I'm terrified to say a word that might offend someone while I'm trying to talk about it, then I yeah. shut down.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know what? I actually, if I can interrupt real yeah, quick, no. I actually had
0: somebody who I've known
1: for a little while, and she actually said that before on my personal Facebook page, she just said like, because we ha- we've had some crazy situations happen with people just randomly saying stuff to our family in public and different things. And I had shared one on a Facebook and just somebody coming up saying a lot of awkward stuff yeah. to our family in a restaurant, not knowing what to say. And it was like diary of the mouth, like <laughs> without anything else to say. And so she was like, well, that's why I don't talk to other minorities, to be honest, Hava. And I appreciated her being honest, even though she kind of got like attacked by other people afterwards. But I said, I appreciate your honesty the best advice I always say is just when like you're overanalyzing it, I feel like that's when we feel different. When, yeah. people, and, and it's like, as long as there's not diarrhea of the mouth, like I said to someone, um, if you wouldn't say it to a white friend, you know, don't say it <laughs> to a black friend. Right. And I feel like people get nervous. So they say some really offensive stuff where, where right. really no term you would use is ever going to be offensive other than like the n-word like that's right, right exactly what you call nobody's going to be mad by that most right. people like to be able to answer in an honest way they're not going to be offended at all right. so i think if you don't overanalyze and it's just like as far as making friendships too i always say a lot of people ask me how do i make friendships with minorities and stuff like that and i'm like just talk to them the same if you went and be like or why is your hair like that? Or why is, why is your kid like that? Why does he, you know, why isn't he using this? Or why is he doing that? Or why does he look like that? Like, if you wouldn't say it to my friend, at least while you're making the friendship mm-hmm. after you make the friendship, my friends ask me super detailed questions that only go to towards my race. And they're like, I was always wondering, like, how'd you get your hair like this? And it was short last week, or, <laughs> you know, and it's long this week. I'm like, you could ask me stuff like that, but making a friendship, not to make it over complicated, just, Hey, what do your kids do?
0: What's your kid's ages? You know, normal mom stuff. <laughs> and, and understand that everybody's life experiences shape how they, yeah. everything. I mean, oh, yeah. experiences would be completely different if you yes. if you'd been raised in a different um, community, for example. Yeah. Yes. So um, you are raising three boys in yes. a, in an area where you are the minority. Yes. And is there a day to day concern for you for the safety of your boys?
1: I wouldn't say day to day. Um, I would say, do I worry daily? Maybe every other day.
0: <laughs> You're a mom. So you yeah. can say you worry daily.
1: <laughs> <of something. laughs> uh, but I admit That like all of my other worries, which are the same as every other mom. Right. Um, like I still, okay, guess, you know, I have good friends who talk about school shootings and all this stuff, and they have anxiety about them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my good, white friend moms and I'm like yeah I have all that anxiety except all this stuff on top too yeah.
0: you know and I'm not making
1: it up in my mind and I think I think the most powerful thing is like when people just have compassion and aren't trying to defend like a random person they don't know yeah. you know like there's bad people in every single race and and how we've talked to our boys has really been you know because we're really trying to be intentional on not making them feel less than like who wants their kids to feel that way so And almost if we tell you all these bad things can happen to you, you're starting to think that you're not that great of a person, that you're going to struggle all in life. And we're trying to empower them in these ages as well. So we have told them there's bad people in every job and in every – and, you know, we have a lot of black friends who do teach their kids um, about cops and stuff. And that that stuff really – just makes me sick to think about saying those things to my kids because I don't want them to be fearful too. Right. And I don't want them to just be scared. A lot of people won't agree with me on this. You know, a lot of black people are like, no, you better teach them. But for us, we're just trying not to impart fear and feeling less than. So we have told them like um, every single job, including police officers, that's just one of the jobs. There's people who are bad. In every job, there's people who are bad in every race, and there's good people in every race, and there's good people in every job. So you might encounter a good cop, and there might also be a bad one. But we, you know, when they're driving, and we're not at those ages yet, but we've talked about this. Like, yes, we're going to be like be overly respectful, even if Mm -hmm. someone's cursing at you and threatening you and has a gun to your head. Or I mean, we've heard some crazy situations from even friends and people we know that will never be on the news, and um and they happen in suburbia. And in some ways, like, you know, we we live more middle class and stuff. And we kind of thought, oh, okay, if you get away from the city, or if you, we, there's a lot of things you try as a black parent thinking, oh, this will give them a better chance, they won't at least be profiled or, but people still are. And we've heard so many horrible situations that I have a lot of fear that, like, my greatest fear would definitely be that no matter all these things we're doing, like our kids go to um, like a private type of school and they're super smart academically. And okay. That was like, since kindergarten, okay, we're going to do this or, or where we live or any of these things won't matter. Like when they get in a situation, because people will still see them as scary rather than like the fact that they're like literally, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm their mom, but like people say everywhere, they're just super respectful, good kind boys. And it's like, will anyone get the chance to see that because they might be wearing a hoodie because they're cold? Like, you know, and we know a lot of black people who tell their kids not to wear hoodies. Yeah. Whereas my husband's actually like, no, if they're cold and they got a haircut and their heads are cold, like that's when they're like, Mom, can I wear a hoodie? We're like, we're not giving you like you can or can't wear this or you might get hurt. Like
0: And that I- right there, that right there is one of the biggest Differentiating factors. Yeah. Right there. I mean, just you nailed it right there is that I have never in one day of my son's almost 12 years of life been worried about what people would think of him or respond to him if he approached them in a hoodie.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's when people say that there's no difference or that it's not about racism. To me, that's one of the things that I always think about. Like my son, he'll have his own challenges, but at the same time, I never have to worry about my husband's safety. When you drive someplace, I never have to worry about whether or not he's You know what's going to happen to him if he puts on a baseball cap and goes into a gas station late at night? uh, Other than you know some some crazy drug addict attacking him or something, but you know I mean I never have to worry that because oh I'm sorry go ahead ahead. (laughs) yeah
1: some of our actual um, best friends they live um, they're a black family and they are very well off and live in an all white community and she and her husband actually made like a pack that no matter what and they have girls. But they decided no matter what, when he leaves the house, he changes out of sweatpants and stuff. And he is like a high exec and stuff. But she said, because of like, we're not taking that chance. And we've heard them have the conversation. My husband doesn't fully agree. He's like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear.
0: Yeah.
1: And sometimes I get scared about that. I'm like, maybe yeah. you may change like, cause my husband wears a suit for work, but at home he wants to wear sweatpants and, run and it's no big deal. Like, and, but like he puts on, her husband puts on a collared shirt when he leaves the house wow, because he will be viewed differently. And if my husband gets pulled over and, and it's not just cops, it's just how he's viewed when he goes into target. If he's wearing a suit, my husband gets respect and people smile and do, they treat him very differently Mm -hmm. than when he's dressed down Mm -hmm. and people seem to think he's a threat. And we've seen this firsthand and facial expressions and different things. Same thing Mm -hmm. if my boys are wearing polos, And like, I shouldn't feel like that. I have to always dress my family up, but, and we, we fight that, not trying to fall into that, but it's kind of like, okay, what risk are we taking if we don't, you know? So it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard that there's all these other factors we have to think about every day. That's like going to make them the safest possible so that people can actually like try to get to know them.
0: I think the thing that I would like, especially if anybody's starting to feel defensive, because I know it happens. I see it happens. Anytime we have these conversations, I feel people get really defensive and say, well, that kind of stuff happens to my husband too, or he can't get a job anymore because of blah, 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 or yada, yada. If people start feeling defensive, and this when I interrupted myself before, the thing on Instagram, I don't remember who the three categories were, but it was basically saying, no one's saying that it's hard to be X. We know it's hard to be X. We're not taking away from you, but you don't, you know, but whatever the but was. I don't want to diminish what the but was, but basically saying that just step back a second and say, I'm not saying that because your life has never been, um, that your life has never been difficult because mine is difficult for these guys, right? And I think that's the important thing to remember is that we're not having a let's get all riled up and defensive about how, you know, hard my life was like when we did so-and-so and and, you know because it's not that it's about opening up the conversation so that you can hear a different perspective and then say you know what maybe next time I'm in the target and I see a black nude in sweatpants I'm not going to run the other direction (laughs) I'll smile at him yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: because people have like held their
0: purses tighter with the oh, Are you joking? Like I'm afraid of all men when I'm out by myself I I to say. So it's <laughs> oh, <laughs> except for the really old ones.
1: <laughs> but I mean, that's a good point what you said because I I always think, you know, I I think sometimes what the black community and this is kind of speaking for a whole a lot of people do struggle with is not understanding the defensiveness sometimes because we're thinking, okay, the defensiveness usually are towards stories of people that neither one of us know, but this is what happens. So why is it, you know, defending a stranger that's just like a bad stranger. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or that we even think that you're a bad person. Right. Um, And I, and, and what you said is so true. Like everyone has really bad experiences in life. Life is hard for so many people and it doesn't mean one experience is worse than the other. It's just trying to understand other people's experiences that aren't like yours and having compassion and sympathy for those. If you don't understand them, that's okay. Like I might not understand your experience that has nothing to do with race. You know, like I haven't lost a child. It doesn't mean I still can't have compassion and hear what your reality is. I don't have the right to really tell you that's not your reality, but uh, like your life is hard. My life is hard. You know, let's just hear each other's experiences and support each other through that.
0: That's so true. And I forgot to ask you this. I kind of wanted you to touch on what were some of the things that you pointed out that you wanted your white friends to know? Just yeah, everybody to speed who hasn't read the article. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull it up real quick. No, just kidding. So it doesn't have to be what's in the article, but in general, like what were what are some of the key things that you and I think we've touched on some of them. Just you know that understanding and listening and
1: yeah, I think like what our experiences are, like wanting to know what other people's experiences are, and actually like making effort to come outside of your community. To befriend other friends I like some of my closest friends i 'm still at, at my age i 'm thirty four and many of our friends i 'm still their first black friend you know in life you know so like I have a lot of compassion for that because those are some of my closest dearest friends they're great friends to me just because they haven't ever had a black friend doesn't mean you know that they 're ignorant or anything like that, but they have made the effort to befriend other people that are not like them you know and I think that's so important because when your kids are seeing other people in your home and in your interactions, like there's a lot of messages and this is for black people who are all with black people. I mean, white people who are all with white people. This is, I'm not judging. This is for every race that when people are only like you, that your kids and your family are seeing all the time, you start to make judgments only by media. And there's a lot of passive things that happen in media that a lot of people aren't aware of that will start to form, even if you're not, you're not preaching racism in your house. There's a lot of things that will form it and they don't know anyone. Like you said, you have a friend, so it makes a difference. They don't have a person to say, oh, well, black people aren't like that. Or, you know, like if they actually have a friend who's mixed or who's Spanish or who's Asian or something other than themselves, it changes their perspective a lot on what they start to believe in real life in how they treat other people no matter how much you might think you're like raising amazing children like it's it's the same intention for me like i intentionally go out to actually ask friends to do other stuff like i don't even just want white and black friends like yeah. i have intentionally made friendships with um mixed people and with mexicans and with asians and like i want my kids to have those people so that they have a different kind of compassion rather than thinking our race is better. And you start to think that when only everything around you is the same.
0: It's, it's natural. It, it really is natural. And I mean, I, I was really, really blessed because, well, I was born into a very, very, very uh, white community in Iowa, because that's all there are in Iowa. It's just, yeah. <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But, um, but it, you know, it's, it's not a super diverse state. And, you know, it it is what it is. But when I was five, um, my dad went active duty in the air, in the army and we moved to Texas and I was in an army community and an army community is super diverse. Yeah. And and we lived overseas where I then got the exposure to other cultures and other lifestyles and languages and all kinds of things. And those things had a major, major, major impact on me. And I recognize that the reason that I have the views I have is because of the people that I've been exposed to through my life. So I know that it's not natural for someone who has always been raised around a certain type of person. But I also know from having seen people who have come from very non-diverse communities, that if you're willing to have a conversation with people, you can completely like completely open up to understanding and compassion and empathy and changing your mindset.
1: Yeah. And that article was shared. Like, a ridiculous amount of time. I mean, it was, it was like almost 10,000. It was crazy just on Facebook. And like, I would dare to say from the things I saw like 95% of that were white women. So that was very encouraging to me that so many people wanted to do different. And I got so many emails of people saying like, I don't have any black friends. I've never even been around black people and I want to do different. I want my kids to be different. So that's encouraging to know that there are people really wanting to do different And one thing like a lot of people asked me was, what can I do? And like, I know a lot of people who say, oh, I keep, keep away from social media or different things, but sharing stuff like that is the impact. Like Mm -hmm. when you share different things that are happening, even if you might not fully believe the story or whatever on the news, just different things that are happening racially, when you're sharing and bringing up those topics, you're reaching a whole group of people who might also think like that. And they're going to be like, Oh, I actually want to do something. Or when you speak out of injustice, if you see it in the store, if you see someone treated wrong and you actually do something, don't be scared. You're going to be, you know, offend somebody, but you're really just like, okay, this is the right thing to do in this situation. I mean, that's what happened with those guys at Starbucks or, yeah. um, know if you remember that but like there was a ton of white people who who um videotaped it and then a white guy stood up and said and stop doing this this is and that's why it made a difference so when you see your power you, you're doing something about it and he sat there and watched and was like wait what are you guys doing you're kicking these guys out this isn't right right what it's just using your using your privilege to be able to make a change in any race or anything right. Any, any bad situation that you see, but I do think social media has a huge impact. And I think that's an easier way you're not even having to go out and do anything, but like sharing, sharing articles that open up people's minds to think about these things.
0: And the videos—you've said a couple of things. I want to come back to the videos in a second because um, that's such a true thing. But it's like sharing the videos about animals that are loving different kind of animals or anything. Some of the um, some of the most impactful videos that I have seen a, about a year ago. I think it was after. Maybe Charlottesville, maybe something. I'm not sure. It was after a pretty negative experience, um, a very racially charged experience. There was a, and you may have seen this one. There was a video put out, and it um, had an older black gentleman with dreadlocks, and he, um, and he says, it, "It's," it, he says, "Hi, my name is whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. I'm whatever age old." Uh, my favorite animal is a cat. I hate spiders worse than anything in the world. And he was just like, it was amazingly done because you're just seeing this man who you mm-hmm. might immediately form a stereotypical impression of. And oh. then you see him squealing about a spider. And <laughs> oh, yes. I, know. I love warm hugs like Olaf or whatever. And you're like, it changes you. It changes your perspective. Yeah. You start relationships. You
1: realize like how much you're the same. Like me, my friends don't sit around and talk about race. Like, you know, like once in a while we'll bring it up, but still it's everything else that we're exactly the same on. We're all raising toddlers or kids around the same age and marriage is the same. It's hard for everyone. And we're, even though we're both black, like we're from very different backgrounds. So we're both, even our, our perspectives on race are different. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't expect that, you know, it's, It's so many different things that we all have in common, like the struggles of parroting. I don't feel like cooking dinner tonight and how like my kids not sleeping through the night. I mean, those are the things we're normally talking about. And when people make relationships, it goes to show you how much we're the same. And then I think that does help not making those scary stereotypes that people would put on my kids, you know, without actually waiting for them to open their mouths and speak.
0: What would you say to the people with the hardened hearts on both sides yeah. there are jaded people yeah. on both sides, and I will give you a little story. Um, my son, who is probably the least racist person i 've ever come across in my entire life sometimes i don 't know if he knows he 's white um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's just he 's beautiful he 's loving and kind and just uh, just all he wants to do in the whole wide world is play basketball and listen to rap music. And you know, that's like his world. Right. And it's whatever you do, you kind of thing. Right. Well, he was at school the other day and a kid who doesn't know him, I don't even remember how the con he didn't get picked to play on the basketball team. And one of the kids told him it was because he was white and Mm -hmm. white kids can't play basketball. Mm -hmm. And, um, it led to a little conversation. The word racism was thrown around. I mean, they're 11 year old boys. So, you know, and then somebody told him that he's racist because all white people are racist.
1: yeah. The
0: bad part about this situation is that it took my son to a place where he'd never, he doesn't think about, you know, he doesn't go there very often and it hurt his feelings, but the good thing was that it opened up an opportunity for me to say, listen, bud, There's a reason why some kids are raised a lot of bad things have happened. You know, I gave him the spiel, like bad things have happened. Things have happened that have impressed his parents' lives, that have made them say things that he's just repeating what he's heard. He's like, you know, you're not racist. The worst thing you can do is to make this a big issue. Instead, you need to think about why that kid might think that and what's going on in in his world that would lead an 11-year-old to say something like that. but there are a lot of people who are just taught things from the very beginning and their hearts are hardened. They don't have exposure. They don't have, what do you, I mean, do you have any advice or thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, I think that a
1: lot of times too, like that's kind of what I talked about in the article is like, so many parents, we don't realize like how many passive comments we say in our house. Like even me and my husband are, you know, and it's not particularly towards white people, but you know, there might be a joke even on a movie or whatever, like about any other race, you know, and they're minorities, but you know, it's like my kids might hear us say that, well, okay, we're not watching what we're watching on the news. And the news is saying different things. Like we, we kind of keep our kids more away from the news. And like, and everyone has different perspectives on that, but I think we have to be so aware of like what we're, what messages we're teaching passively in our homes and like making sure we're really watching our mouths. I mean, Hey, if you have prejudice and stuff, talk to your husband about it after your kids are in bed. But if you want to raise more positive kids, I think we have to watch that. Cause I think at like 11, like my, my son is about to turn 11 next week and he literally, the other day I was asking him something about school and he was, I was like, what is, what does he look like? And he's like, well, they have brown hair and brown eyes. I'm like, Zion, what's, what color skin are they? And he was like, oh, um, brown. I'm like, why don't you just say you're a black person? There's not that many of you in your school. But to him, like, I love that. I love yeah. that he's like, Wait, I don't lead with descriptions on skin tone right. color. But I'm like, there's not that many of you. Like, you know, that would have been easier to figure out who you're talking to. <laughs> but, um, but I love that, and I think a lot of it is pressed down on parents. And if we actually take the responsibility of that and realize that what how we're teaching it makes a difference, but also, yes, on both sides, people have dealt with. Like, I did get some emails of people who were white and actually grew up in all black communities and felt like they dealt with a lot of prejudice and racism there too. I think that it happens all over the board. Yes. I mean, maybe it's more magnified right now and you definitely even see that on the news and stuff with um, blacks and whites. But I do think that there's so many, like I I got some emails that were amazing. I didn't understand um, from an Asian lady talking about the different things she was called and, um, and that she was called like Brownie at school. And I was like, you're not even Brown. And like, (laughs) because because she went to an all white school, like, and she was like, could you talk about Asians? I was like, I don't know your experience, but I want to learn it. Like, you know, so I think that some people do have a lot of hurts and problems that happen in their lives. And I think that's in general. And I think as parents, like all we can tell them is like, and I tell, I tell my kids this about bullies, like has nothing to do with race, but I'm like, you have no idea what their home life is like. That's what I tell them. And most kids that are mean and telling your son that is being mean. So any kid that is mean like that, it's coming from a place of hurt. You just don't know what they've experienced and who has said something to them or anything like that. So I usually just teach like compassion in that, like to just be compassionate, but you don't have to hang out with them. Like it just because it's a black kid and you want to know there's other nice black kids you can hang out with. You know, if this kid's being mean to you, just the same thing with my kids. I'm like, there's little girls who have said to our son before, I don't like black people. Okay. Then, and this was like, she was like seven. So clearly that came she from you.
0: that. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's all she said. And he told the teacher and she got in trouble. So our school at least did something about that. But I was like, honey, people don't like everyone for different things because you wear glasses, because you look, because you do this, whatever. I really try to make it just like equal. And if you look at things that way, I think that it is a different perspective because you're like, there's mean people everywhere. Yeah. Some are in racism and they're, they're not going to like you because you're black. They're not going to like you because you're white. They're not going to like you because of different things. But all we can do is try to share compassion and you don't have to be friends with that person. But that does not mean the whole entire race is that way. Yeah. you know because everyone can't be a certain way we make no choice of what body we are born into so everyone's the same when it comes inside so pick a new friend
0: <laughs> that's that's really good advice and i think um you know it's it's kind of funny because well you're almost 10 years younger than me but there's definitely been a huge shift i think there is a huge shift happening I mean, in the military, we used to joke about it being the newer, nicer military, and I think that like we're we're shifting to newer, nicer like community in general. Because when I was growing up, it was all like, "Suck it up," you know, get you know, move on, toughen up, don't be. And I think we're really opening ourselves now to talking about things like that, like being kind and being loving and yeah. being accepting yeah. and all those. And I, I think you've pretty much nailed it on uh, that it really does start with conversations in the home. Yeah, It, it comes with that um, awareness, awareness of yeah. what you're exposing your children to, what you're talking about in front of your children, how you're talking about it, um, what you're exposing them to. And then it also comes with saying that, you know, just because this is the way we did it or the jokes that we said, or, I mean, when I was a kid, it was totally normal to call somebody retarded as just like a normal, yeah, yeah. like, Oh, All you're so time. retarded. All you know? the time. <laughs> now we know that that is not socially acceptable. So just yeah. because you always used it doesn't mean you should keep yeah. using it. Just yeah. because you always had this thought on something doesn't mean you should pass that along. But I tell you what, it, the more people that I talk to, the more I realize like how hard that is for some people. Some people are entrenched. Yeah. And I would say that if you're entrenched in your beliefs, um, the best thing you can do is try to find people different than you and just have a conversation, ask questions. Yes. Yep.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think asking questions, I think so much happens in like reading different books and watching other movies. Mm -hmm. And like, even if you might not have, you know, a diverse career, like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I think that is so impactful to, for your kids to see, like, okay, the shows we're watching, not all the main actors are white. That seems really little, but you—but that's something that's very passive that we don't even notice as our society, but it makes a difference because it makes a difference to us that we notice that as little kids. Like at, at five, I noticed that, yeah. okay, there's only a few black people and they're all supporting actors or yeah. no hero heroes are black. Or, you know, there's things we notice and it starts to affect our self-confidence when we were five and we never had a conversation with our parents about, but I think you doing those things, like there's little things like that that make an impact that are listening to music of, or saying, oh, it can be so passive. Oh, I like Oprah. I mean, you don't have to like Oprah, but just something <laughs> that your kids are seeing. Oh, they spoke positively of someone of a different race. Yeah. You, it goes a long way. And it's yeah. really easy, practical things to do. Even if you might not have people in your home, that's still uplifting another race and taking away negative thoughts.
0: Um, I think as moms, it's easier to start opening your heart to this because I think once you become a mother and you develop this kind of compassion of like, what if that was my child? What if that happened to my child? Which is really helpful, but it was super interesting Uh, when you were talking, I was, I was reminded of when Black Panther came out, was it two summers ago now already? Last summer, whenever it was. Yeah. We went to the theater we happened to get there on opening day we were not going to see black panther because i do not do movies on on opening day because (laughs) i don't want to be separated from the kids and everything but i was like i I don't i can't even explain the emotion that i felt i got teary-eyed actually looking at all of these and it wasn't just little boys it was little girls older black women, oh, men in their thirties and forties, like okay. they're all dressed up in the yeah. stuff and like so yes. excited. And I was like, wow, yeah. I didn't even think yeah. like I was, we were just excited for a new superhero movie. Yes, you know, you exactly. even think about it. it was really what it meant,
1: like, yeah. And what it means for our kids to finally yeah. not feel like, cause they notice they notice that okay, every superhero, every, Every person who's like the savior or the star or the great person is always a white person. Yeah. They, they notice those things. Even if we don't say it to them, even if we cut them off from media, they're looking for people who look like them in positive roles. And for that, we, we met so many grown people who cried about it because they just felt like, oh my gosh, finally something. My kids could be like, I'm dressing up as, and people aren't like, well, you don't look like Spider-Man. You don't look like Superman, you know? Cause people will say stuff like that too, to your kid. And they're like, well, I love, I love superheroes. It doesn't matter. But they're like, well, you're not white. Like, so people felt like, oh my gosh, we finally got something. And our kids yeah, yeah. asked, it was like the few movies we never buy movies we bought. Okay. And we actually are really strict with like what we let our kids watch. And um, because like, we just don't do cursing and stuff like that. And so that the movie has a few curse words and my husband was like, they've got to watch it. <laughs> so, and it was important for us because we were like, they've got to watch this and see positively. And they just lit up just watching them was even a, a experience for me. Like I didn't even realize what it meant yeah, to them, yeah. even with all my experiences to see the like excitement from them. And they proud of like, there could be this beautiful place where black people are positive. Like. And like they're looked at really great and they're like king and good people and not like just in poverty or like there was so many positives that they saw and we talked deep about it and we were like, gosh, like I can't believe how much even with us trying to kind of shelter them sometimes from some of that stuff, they even pick up on just living in the world. So of
0: course it meant so. a lot to us. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad we were there, even though we didn't go see that movie until months later. Because I was like, yeah. I, don't be, I don't like being in packed movie theaters. Oh, those were
1: insane. We didn't go a
0: little bit. Yeah. But but I was glad that we were there on opening weekend yeah. and that I saw that because even that, I mean, it, it just speaks to like. It would not have even crossed my mind. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, And not because I'm being racist, just because no. I don't think about that. No. I have plenty of superheroes and plenty no. of representatives that are, no. I mean, all the princesses for crying out loud, I can dress no. up as any of them, you know, know. And not yeah. even, you know?
1: Whereas like every little black girl dressed up as Tiana because there's only, right. but they love right. all of them. But they're like, well, I can't be Cinderella. That's weird. I can't be Cinderella. <laughs> We finally will have one, you know, so yeah, it makes it is, a difference. we hope that it becomes more than one, you know, <laughs> that our kids can really feel like empowered too, like they can do anything and
0: yeah. <laughs> well, positive <laughs> messages are a super, super important thing. And I appreciate you for being so open. I hope I didn't stick my foot in my mouth at any Not point at all. in time. Not um, a, keep asking questions. <laughs> yeah, but, well, it's important. And Not I to yeah I want to keep having these conversations. I want to keep introducing people to i mean shoot, you might now be the only black friend that some of the people in our audience have i, don't, <laughs> I would be your friend. <laughs> I'm just kidding i think um I think that uh we have a lot of entrepreneurs in our audience, and I think entrepreneurs tend to put themselves out there a bit more than than a lot of people do um but you know I also can appreciate what it's like to feel uncomfortable and feel and I would say that it takes. Two to tango, you know? Yeah. So if people are willing to put themselves out there and to ask questions and try to outreach, then people on the receiving side, regardless, you know, people on the receiving side also have to be willing yes. to say, okay, this person has never known someone like me before. They may not know that that's offensive.
1: Yes. I always say you cannot be mad as a minority if like you're not willing to answer questions. and. That's a, it's like, you can't be mad that you don't know the answer if I've never answered it.
0: (laughs) So Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been a very, um, I would love to have more conversations with you in the future. I really, I really appreciate this opportunity. I, um, I really, this sounds really silly to say out loud, but like, I really, really, really feel a calling to be. uh, This sounds just so stupid to say out loud. I feel a calling to kind of be like a voice for women of color because, yeah. um, I have a, an Indian American, an Indian friend, and she's always talking about how white women have to stand up and not with her pushing, but just to stand up and to support yeah. and to say things and do yeah. things and, and bring the issues to light because, yeah the reality is we do have a bigger platform not necessarily me but in general <laughs> yeah yeah uh huh and uh-huh. um i don't know that just sounds really stupid to say out loud it's like you're kind of arrogant but <laughs> no not at
1: all. and i think like one thing i just thought of when you said that with being defensive too if anyone is feeling that way um about like sometimes when we talk about right privilege, that's not a bad thing. Like I think people feel like they have to defend that. But the thing is, it's just the facts of like how our country was built, like slavery. So we're getting away from that. Like nobody's like saying like, oh my gosh, everything's like slavery are the same. I mean, some people feel that way in different ways, but I I would just say like, it's just the facts of how our country was built. It's very much like it, it goes um, white man, white woman, black woman, black man. And so, and it's just been that way. And so,
0: um, I think, salaries. Yeah. <laughs> black <laughs> men Still get up there. Women, women still suffer while women together, we suffer.
1: <laughs> I think that like just realizing like, that's okay. This yeah. is it's something we're getting away from, whether you acknowledge it or not. It's just what the country was built on and we're trying and hoping yeah. to get away from. Yeah. So there's a lot of power in that, you know, and it's not a bad thing. You can use it very positively and it's not something you really do. It's just
0: depends on which body you're born into. You have, right. you have a little right. bit more power. So. Well, and I think that um, I'm glad you brought this up. Cause I wanted to ask you about the concept of white privilege. I think that people get really Caught up in the word privilege, yeah, and they
1: assume yes. that it, it's an economic
0: thing. Yes,
1: yeah, they're like, "Why am I broke then if I have white?" Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: and it has nothing to do with where you are. Yes. It has everything to do. It just has everything to do with the things that society allows, yeah, or doesn't and allow. Yeah, and, and you, the viewing, just right.
1: how you're viewed is, right. is, is, Yeah, it's really just how you're viewed when if a if a white woman's staying next to a white. Man or if a black woman standing next to a black man. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of predispositions that have just been ingrained in our country that again we're trying to get away from. Those aren't really arguable. They're in our in our history books. Right. And so that yeah, it has nothing to do with like you can struggle, you can have an incredibly hard life. No one's saying you don't. And I think that's when people get defensive, like, hey, I've struggled my whole life or I've been on food stamps. Or how come I don't, I'm not a CEO or, you know, everything hasn't been great for me. My parents were drug addicts too. Like, yes, you can have a horrible life. Still, We're just saying you are heard a little bit more because of if you stand out on different issues than if a black person were to stand out on the same issues, there's just a higher level of respect it, according to our society.
0: Or you're allowed to drive your car at 11 o'clock at night through yeah. a fancy neighborhood and not get pulled over. Yeah. Because that happened to one say- of our yeah. It happened to one of my well, friends. Yeah. And he was a black
1: guy in an expensive neighborhood and he worked there and some guy like followed him and yep. he like, it, and he was like, I was following you. Cause you don't live in this neighborhood. He was like, actually I have a house in this neighborhood. Right. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you, you just might not have to deal with. It doesn't mean you don't deal with anything. They're just a different variety of issues that you have to deal with. And that's just called privilege. It doesn't mean your life is perfect. Exactly.
0: Well, that's a great way to wrap it up, and I hope that we'll keep this dialogue open. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really, 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 really just about having conversations about opening, not getting defensive, just slowing down for a second. And this has been hard for me because I'm a very passionate person. Like I am for a long time, I was ready to go with my defenses really easily. But the reality is, if you're ready to go with your rebuttal, you never hear what the other person yeah. is saying.
1: Yeah. And I'm trying to do that more too. I mean, we all can learn from that. We just listen rather than defend. Right. There's a lot of things with politics that I had to, with even good friends, I'm grateful they have different perspectives. I just wanted to hear and actually listen to why they chose different things. And there's so much power in actually understanding rather than just snapping back at people and trying, even if I don't agree after I hear it, sometimes I still don't agree, but I want to understand the mentality.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Hava, this has been a great conversation. We went on for a long time. I, mean, I know. Thank I you for know. having me. <laughs> no, this was fantastic. I appreciate it. And um, anytime you want to come back, we're happy to yeah. have you. <laughs> for sure. All right. Thank you. All right. Oh, thanks. you know what? I wanted to ask you before we go off the air. Um, what's your blog address so people oh, can, yes. <laughs> I can follow you? It's only
1: girl for boys, and it's only girl, the number four, and then it's boys with a Z. That's we- kind of how it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's on Instagram, my website, everything. Yep.
0: Only girl four <laughs> boys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.